Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Nurse in Transition. This is your host, Kiana Brathwaite, and I hope that you are having a wonderful day um, or evening and a great week. We're getting close to even closer to the end of the year um, as time goes by. Excuse me. Um, so in my last episode, I talked about grounding um, yourself in, in in perpetual transition, right? So I wanted to follow that up with, I gave a talk um, last month, November of 2019, if you listen to this in 2021 or 2020, um, about resilience, right? And it fell in line with the perpetual transition theme in the way of um, just how to figure out how to progress through, you know, transition and what that looks like. And during the talk, I mentioned uh, the Huffington Post article I have to find it again. I think in the let and I know in the last episode I mentioned in 2020 I will do much better with providing resources that I talk about um, in you know blog posts and tell you where you can find those things so that you'll have them. But I will mention you can Google Huffington Post uh, nine characteristics of resilient people and I wanted to talk about the nine characteristics. I think I may have added one, so I'm gonna go through them. And then I wanted to add the seven C's of resilience, which I found um, during my preparation for my speaking engagement in November through the, um, I think it's psychology today. So first let's talk about resilience, right? And uh, in 2020, I'll probably be pub- having an article published about setbacks in the Philly Inquirer because this has been a year of working through setbacks um, and really um, Re, uh, reevaluating my expectations, right? So first I'll talk about pain because um, Google defines pain as suffering or discomfort caused by illness or injury. Uh, and medicine.net defines pain as unpleasant as an unpleasant sensation that can range from mild localized discomfort to agony. Uh, pain has both physical and emotional components. And I will bring this all together in a moment. Um, Setbacks are defined by Google as something that causes delay or stops progress. And then resilience is defined by Oxford as the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties, having toughness, and the ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape, elasticity. Now, the reason that I brought those, I wanted to define those three terms first was because for me, there's a process, right? I don't just become resilient. Um, it's resilience is a muscle for me. And there's a process that I have to go through that then shows me where my resilience lies um, and how one of these characteristics or the um, seven C's of resilience, how I lean on those in these, these times of difficulty. Um, but most of the time for me, there's some sort of setback right? And then as a result of that setback, I feel some type of pain, whether it's emotional, right? Physical, spiritual, you know, mental, um, or relational. There's some type of pain that I feel. Uh, and I think this is really a cattle, this is really the process for, um, a lot of things in my life, but there's, you know, there's, there's some type of event or a setback, that then causes some sort of pain that I um, have to respond to and figure out 
you know, how, how severe is the pain? Is it discomfort? Is it uncomfortable? You know, what is it? Um, how severe is it? And then what, what resources and how do I need to respond to it? And that's where the resilience kicks in where uh, I know I mentioned before the definition of stress that was provided during my mindfulness class and that there's a perceived threat and then a feeling of not having the resources or tools available to handle the threat, which is where your stress comes from. Right. So um, these nine characteristics, and again, I think it may be 10 because I, I believe I added one. <laughs> but uh, so the characteristics of resilient people, I'm going to run through them and then we'll talk about them. Well, we, me, we'll talk about them to you um, as I go after I go through them. The characteristics are uh, these people control their destiny. They accept their battle. They use adversity as their compass. They learn to suffer well. They practice patience, compassion, and gratitude. They let go. They live in the moment. They lead from within. They develop flexibility. They find the right travel partners. And oh my glob, as my son says, that one I'll touch on in a minute. And they take the next step forward. So, you know, I talked about, okay, there's a process to which um, kind of positions me to lean on these characteristics. Um, the controlling of your destiny. So we we all have, I think, different beliefs about destiny, right? Some people believe we control it. Some people believe that we don't. Um, I'm, I'm a little in the middle. I, I do believe that, you know, uh, my husband and I talk about this all the time. If I made a different choice and any increment, any um, fork in the road, I believe that my life would not look as it does right now. So whether I, and and that's why I I don't necessarily have regret because I made the best choice at the time that I could with the information that I had available to me. And that's one thing about perpetual transition is that you're constantly learning, you're constantly receiving new information. And, and yes, if I had the information in 20, 2007, right, that my house would be foreclosed on and we would have to move out, I probably wouldn't have made a different decision when we bought the house, right? But I didn't have that information. I And so I made the best decision I could at the time. If I knew that I would be injured, you know, um, because I was two, if I knew that I was going to be injured an additional five times with the same shoulder, I may have made a different choice. I don't know. But the choices that I made based on the information I had were the best choices I could make. And I say that to anybody, you know, if you're using the information that you have available to you to make a choice or a decision, that's the best you can do. Uh, If we could see in the future how, how that choice would affect us, I think maybe we would do something different. Maybe we wouldn't. But so the controlling of the destiny, uh, the way I see that is I have a an idea of where I want to go, right? So, um, for instance, when it comes to finding a new domicile, we currently live, you know, we had to move back in with my in-laws. And I think that's really a blessing in disguise for many reasons. But now we get to do a master reset and decide what do we want and where do we want to go. And we're all thinking that maybe we want to do something different as opposed to being homeowners. Maybe we want to be, you know, people who rent and live in an apartment or something because there were certain aspects of home ownership that we did not like. Right. Um, 
And, you know, this is a decision that we get to make as a family now, what, what works for us. So in that essence, I do believe where we live, that part of our destiny, that part of our future, we do control because we can make decisions towards that. Um, what that looks like, how soon it happens, there are certain variables that are going to come that we're not going to be able to account for. And we'll have to make the best decisions and choices that we can at the time with the information we have. Um, accepting your battle. So when I was um, going through my workers' comp case, I remember from the time that my claim was denied, um, almost not to the very end, but with the first two and a half years, right? Um, it was like a three or three and a half year process. I kept saying, I just want to get through this. I just want to get through this. I just want to, I just want this over. I just want this done. I want this closed. I want to, and I didn't accept my battle. And, and when I finally got to a point where, and I'm trying to think of where that table turned for me, it was the day of my first court hearing, right? Because when I had the, um, oh, good grief, what do they call it? It's when you have to meet with counsel and they question you, right? But it's recorded and the word will come to me probably as I speak. But when I had deposition, when I had my deposition, I was angry and I still wanted it done. And I was, I just, I was pissed um, that I was in the situation and our lives were just in turmoil and I didn't accept it. I was just angry. Um, but so the deposition happened and the lawyer was from a personal experience perspective, she was horrible. I mean, I just couldn't understand how she could defend a company after all that I had given it. Um, and, and I took it personal, right? I took it as a personal assault. Um, but when we ended up in court that day, my perspective had changed and it wasn't, it was work that I had to do on myself internally. And as I went through the process, um, I realized that she was doing a job, whether I agreed with her stance had nothing to do with the fact that she was doing a job and I was there to do a job too. And my job was to advocate and stand up for myself because of all that I had been through and all that I had done and what I knew I was worth. And when I accepted that battle, right, that's when I saw the tables turn. That's when I started to see things starting to work in my favor, but I had to accept my battle, right? That was my battle. I was, that was, that was my David and Goliath. Um, and when I accepted that I was David and that, you know, Goliath was who they were and they weren't going to win because I was David and I had the power, then it was like, all right, I know what I need to do and I know how I need to show up. Um, using adversity as your compass. So I often say my fear tells me where I need to go. Um, I, for a long time, wanted to do a podcast and I was just so scared of doing it. You know, are you is is what I have to say people going to listen to and maybe I won't have an audience and maybe it'll flop and just all, you know, all these they call them stories that you make up in your head. And we all walk around with these stories. And I, for a long time, let my fear um, actually my fear of starting a business um, was one of the biggest reasons I think that we are where we are was because I was so afraid of changing my family's lifestyle. We had gotten used to living a certain way and doing things and having things. And I didn't want to take that from them. I didn't want to be selfish. And that was a fear that was once we lose these things, we would lose ourselves as a family and our family unit would crumble. 
Um, and it's been quite the opposite. We've actually been a stronger family unit as these things have happened to and through us. It has made us stronger and we've come together and we communicate better and we just, we have a lot of fun and we're appreciative, um, of all the things that we have going for us. So between fear and adversity, I, I see them as opportunities now. And now I don't just go running right in all the time to, you know, charge. It's, I, I do some personal stuff that I need to get ready to deal with the fear, but I take imperfect action now. You know, I step out and I put my foot, my first foot down on the ground in that direction. And then the next one and the next one, and I may not move as fast as I want, but, um, as I say, whether you fall crawl, walk, or run forward, it's still moving forward and I'm still making progress. And as long as I'm making progress, I'm getting closer to my destination or closer to the path or journey or whatever the case may be. Um, Learning to suffer well. This one is one that I am doing better. Um, So I would have something happen will take my shoulder and I would be angry. And while I was not angry at the person that was in front of me, I was angry at the situation and I would use, I would carry that anger around like a badge of honor. And it was more anger and frustration and disappointment and vulnerability and hurt and pain. And it was a culmination of all these things, but I would carry it around and I would project it at people. And, um, Recently, with the the going through the foreclosure and that whole process, I realized that I have a choice in this. Right? If I'm carrying around my anger, I'm giving away my power. I'm giving away my choice, and and I'm I'm suffering, and you know, and and I'm reverberating that suffering off of other people, and it was just it's a bad cycle. So, um, for instance, when we had to move, and I think I, I know I mentioned this in the last episode. Um, the young lady that was, she was a manager at one of the U-Hauls in the area. And uh, my husband actually chose that U-Haul because he enjoyed his interaction with her. She was very nice and kind and knowledgeable and supportive. And so um, when we went in and we were buying boxes, even though it was like a stressful situation, just how she shined her light just kind of blew away the darkness that was kind of around that whole process. And I, I kind of learned before her, I learned we're all going through crap, right? I can't look at you and know what you're going through. And you can't look at me and know what I'm going through. Cause we can't, we all carry it different, but I have a choice in how I'm going to carry it. And I'm, even though I'm suffering, I don't have to make other people suffer. So that's where that suffer well comes from. Um, I saw this in my grandparents you know, they, they would be going through things and they had the brightest spirits. It was amazing to me. Um, practicing patience, compassion, and gratitude, finding the compassion yourself for yourself. You need to have compassion for yourself because you're going through it and you need to recognize that a lot of times you're acting normal in an abnormal situation and give yourself compassion and give yourself a break. And then you're a, you can, cause you're going to, you have a tendency of doing that for other people, especially, you know, um, caregivers have a tendency of doing it for other people. You need to do it for yourself. Right. Um, but the piece about, um, gratitude, 
I am grateful for every light that is shine, every support. I'm even grateful for some of the bad things because they're an opportunity for me to um, just rethink, reset, pay attention, change my perspective, see it from somebody else's view, right? Not just sit in myself and think that I'm always right. Um, and patience. Woo we. I used to pray for patience. Again, that's why I think I ended up here um, because I wanted everything yesterday, right? And um, it not having patience didn't allow me to be in the moment and enjoy the moment. And I always found myself looking, okay, this was done. We went to the vacation. So we got down to Williamsburg. We did the vacation. Now we're checked in. Okay, so now we're going to go to the pool. And, at the, and it was just like, there was no time for pause. And I had no patience because it was like, we had to move on to the next thing. And it was the same thing, you know, early on in my life with my goals. And I'm not saying I don't have goals now, but it was just like, I, oh, I, I accomplished this thing. That's great. All right. Next thing, you know, there was no room for patience. There was no room for presence. There was no room for enjoying the moment and having that patience, compassion, and gratitude allows you to do that. Letting go. Mentioned this in my last episode. I am learning to let go of the things that I cannot control. And the serenity prayer, I've heard that all my life. And it's not until now that I'm 40 that it actually makes sense to me, right? There are things that you cannot control. Yes, control freak. I'm speaking to myself as much as I'm speaking to anybody else that this resonates with. You can't control everything. I saw with the move where I had, you know, these plans and this strategy and these uh, schedules and we were going to do. And if it, and, and it, if it had gone according to plan, it may not have worked out the way it did. So there was a point where I just had to throw my hands up, pass the baton to my husband, say, listen, I did what I could do. I did what I do. It didn't work. I'm handing it off to you and I'm going to let go. I will show up where you need me, where I'm available, but I'm letting go of this. And when I let go, it was the most freeing thing. And I saw beautiful things come from it. So letting go, um, leading from within, live in the moment and lead from within. We got to lead ourselves right before we could lead anybody else. And that's one thing that I am learning as, as an entrepreneur in a business, how to lead myself. Right. And that there's so many levels to that. Um, but just paying attention right? Paying attention to how I interact with people, paying attention to how I communicate, paying attention to how people receive my message, paying attention to how people receive my body language, paying attention to, you know, is does do I care about what my face says to people right now? Sometimes I may, sometimes I might, and being okay with that, right? But just leading from within, leading yourself, and then you're able to lead others. Um, develop flexibility. Necessary. In nursing, we try to control things, right? We we are dealing with life and death every day that we walk in the door. And because of that, we have a tendency of trying to control things at home, in the car, all over the place, right? Because we feel that that gives us some semblance of certainty. And um, I've sought out certainty probably for the last 10 years because I was fearful of uncertainty. Um, and And whether or not I was capable and able to handle uncertainty. And now I'm realizing that I'm pliable and flexible enough that when something happens or occurs, I can make decisions and choices based on the information that's provided to me at the time. 
to make the best decision possible at that time and not look back at it with regret. So I'm letting go of the control and now being more flexible, right? It's a process. I'm not, there's still aspects of, of me that I'm, I find myself controlling. Like I have a bunch of books that I'm reading right now and my dates to return are coming up and I'm kind of freaking out because I'm like, I want to read all these books, but it's like, now I need to be flexible with the schedule that I'm keeping with my son and his choir because this is height of their season. And the fact that I'm tired and I need to rest and the business is picking up and it's gaining traction and I have all these projects due. I need to know that those books will always be there. And if I have to return them, I can get them back. There's the flexibility for me, right? I do not have to just do this now. I have time. Um, and then find, well, there's two more, finding the right travel partners. This was imperative. Um, a lot of people over the last four years have been weeded out in my life. And I see things about them that I'm like, oh, yeah, that, 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 I'm, I'm aware of that. And do I want to deal with that? No. Um, where do I want to go? Who do I want to be around? And I have a girlfriend who made a really good point. She said, if you see people on the side of the road with their car broken down, they got their hood up. How many people stop? Maybe one, possibly two, right? She's like, but have you ever noticed that when you see a person whose car has broken down and they get in the car and they start pushing the number of people that come to join and support them and help them get to where they're going? And I was like, oh my God, I have seen that so many times in my life. That analogy just, it, it was powerful. And I was like, I need to find people who are going to get who once I get in the car and I start pushing are going to help me get to my next destination or where I need to go. And that's finding the right travel partners that you may have to let go of family. You may have to let go of friends of, you know, from 20, 30 years. You may have to let go of, you know, relationships. And I'm talking intimate relationships. You may have to let those things go. And that goes back to letting go. Right. And then using adversity as your compass and accepting that battle. Um, and then the last one is take the next step forward. Sometimes you don't have to take the leap. Sometimes you just have to take the next step. Um, for instance, my, one of my goals for 2020 was to do more PR. And um, I was like, all right, this is a 2020 goal. Um, but I've had maybe two or three opportunities that have come up. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take them. And there were deadlines. There was information that was asked for, and there was work that needed to be done on my part. Um, and I made those deadlines, but the step that the, the step that I had to take once I made the decision that this is something I wanted to do was the next step. The, the next step forward was to say, yes, I'm interested and then the next step was to to say, here's my contact information or, you know, how or whatever the case may be. But that first step was to make the decision. And the next step was to say, yes, I'm interested. I want to take this opportunity. So sometimes if you take that first step or that next step, the next step after that will be a little easier. And the next step after that, but just sometimes baby steps. Right. That's what I always say. Baby steps are better than no steps. Now, I'm going to go into the seven C's of resilience really quickly from psychology today, and then I'm going to close it out because I've been on here a little long. So the seven C's, competence, confidence, connection, character, contribution, coping, and control. And I just want to leave those with you to kind of sit. Um, as you go through life, you have 
the skill sets needed, you already have been prepared for your next level, right? You've gone through whatever that trial challenge setback was, you made it through, and now you're getting ready for your next level. And so look back at and really pat yourself back, you know, on the back. And I, I, I don't like to just do this at the end of the year. I, I try to do this um, at least once a month. At the end of every month, I have personal inventory days. And I just look back and go, you know what? This was this was this was a heck, heck of a month, but this was a great month for learning this. So this was a great month for hanging out with family or this was a great month for rest. You know, I had one or two of those months where all I did was just rest and it was necessary and it was a great month for it. And I felt good going into the next month. So use these nine characteristics and seven C's to just evaluate where you are, where you've been. Give yourself a hand clap of praise, pat yourself on the back as you move into 2020 or you move into tomorrow or you move into next month or you move into next week, check in with yourself and be like, you know what? I'm doing great. I've come a long way from where I was yesterday or last month or last week or last year or three years ago. And I like where I'm going or I'm not happy with where I'm going. Let me take what I've learned from these other um, challenges that I faced and gotten through and let me refocus. Okay. So that's the end of the episode. I wish you a wonderful day. Thanks for joining me. Um, if you need to get in contact, best ways, www.resourceinhealthcare.com. There's a newsletter, sign up at the end. There's a way to contact me. I think there's a e- my email and my telephone number there, but definitely go to the website, sign up for the newsletter. And um, I look forward to joining you the next time that you stop in and listen. Bye.